Okay, we're going to start a very interesting topic. Uh, it's a very, very interesting topic. I'm going to spend a couple of shurim on this. Because I, th- I believe that we should uh, understand a little bit more why we do things. You know, the Chinuch talks very much about Taimei HaMitzvahs. Taimei HaMitzvahs is, I mean, really we translate it as the reason, but really it's the taste. Why is it, why is it called the Taimei HaMitzvah, the taste of a mitzvah? Because, you know, when you eat something, the taste is a nice chedek of what you're eating, but it's not what you're eating. You're not eating the taste. You're eating the food. It's geschmack to have a food with a nice taste. So that's what the chinuch is teaching us. When he says the taimei ha-mitzvahs, is that when we do mitzvahs, we don't do them because of the reason. It's beautiful to know the reason, but not because of the reason is that why we do them. We do it because the Rav Hashem told us to do it. Ah, it's beautiful at the same time to have a tam, to have a little bit of a taste of what a mitzvah is. As most of you know me, we're very much over here into trying to understand why we do what we do, right? I, I was, you know, just came back from a trip and I sat with a number of Balabatim who told me that this, you know, they see this from their own kids, they see this from other people, whatever it is. People are, and this is something when, I, when they told me this, I was very excited because this is something that I believe in a lot. People sort of go through life with an autopilot. They press the button autopilot and they just go through life. Why do you keep Shabbos? Because my father did. Why do you make brachas? Because my father did. Why do you keep kashras? Because my father did. You know, all oh, because that's what everyone else does. So that's what you're meant to do. They don't actually understand what they're doing and why. And it's a real shame. It's a real shame that we do so many things in our lives and we have no idea why we're doing them. You know, we've spoken about by Shabbos. Don't do Borea because, because it's Malach on Shabbos. And therefore what? What does that mean? Ah, because it's building, it's creating, and Hashem stopped creating, and therefore Borea is a creation. You know, we understand these things in that, in that context. So I want to go through an interesting halacha, <coughs> which is not something which is mainly spoke about. It's hard to find in the Shulchan Aruch as well. It's not like one of those simonim. And I want to speak about it because it's a very, very interesting Nikuda, and we all do it, Baruch Hashem. But we have to understand why and what it means. And not only that, there's many, many halachas that go into it, right? So the halachas of wearing a yarmulke. What does it mean? First of all, where does it come from? That's number one. Number two, is it a real thing? I mean, is it like an obligation? Do I have to wear a yarmulke? Or is it like a nice thing to do? That's what Kali Yisrael do, so of course we do that. But how far does it go? Nafkamina. I'm playing sports. Do I really have to put on one of those Nana Nachman yarmulkes? Is it a Chumrah? Do I have to? Do I not have to? Those sorts of things. You know, what color does the yarmulke have to be? You know, all these sorts of things. There are so many Allahs that talk about Be'ez HaShem. But let's start today only with a Hakdama. Today, Be'ez HaShem is a simple Hakdama into the Sugya to understand where it comes from. Tomorrow, Be'ez HaShem will go into other things. But I do want to get to that one big question. Is it a real obligation, or is it just a nice thing that Jewish people do? And that's a very important thing. Because the, the answer to that question would be, enough am I allowed to remove my yarmulke at any time? For example, are you allowed to have a shower without a yarmulke? I mean, this is a real shayla. Okay, we'll talk about it. Beza Hashem. There are yarmulke showers. You never, you never saw the yarmulke showers? We're, we're, we're launching the, uh, the, new pro, the new product in this year, Beza Hashem. Okay. But Baisa, let's start like this. Let's start like this. Let's start like You know, I'm going to start the other way. I want to read to you a Das Kini Mibale Tosfus in this week's parasha. <coughs> Parashas told us. The Das Kini Mibale Tosfus, without going into the whole Arichas now, has a question. And he says that we all know in this week's parasha, Yaakov and Esau with the brachas, you know, the whole, the whole business with Yitzchak, he could see, he couldn't see, he didn't chap, he didn't chap, you know what was going on. And we know that Yaakov seemingly deceives his father by taking the brachas. And how does he do it? Your hands are like, what does that mean? Your hands are like, what does that mean? His hands? 
What does that mean? He became hairy for that minute? You know, Esau was very, very hairy. Yaakov was not. So what does that mean? Says the Daskenu Balatosavus, he wore his clothing. It's beautiful. The Daskenu Balatosavus brings down that Esau had a certain special coat, which he says came from Nimrod, whatever. And he said that on the coat there were animals. And the animals drawn on the coat were so realistic-like that other animals used to come over to check out the animals on the coat. It was an easy trapping equipment. Because if you want to trap animals, you have to run after them. Esau didn't have to run after them. He put on this coat, the animals came to him, he trapped them and killed them and off he went. Unbelievable. Yaakov put on that coat. Ask the das keni mi balei Why? Oh, medrash says it's a medrash. Kosher. It's a question. Das keni mi balei Look it up. Pasuk tesvav in the end of Parshas Toldis. Loma helbishum Yaakov. Why did Yaakov have to wear it? We have to wear Esau's coat for. You can make the voice. There's other ways of doing it. So he explains the das keni mi balei that the way to become an Esau. Yaakov wanted for those few minutes to be Esau because that's the only way to really trick his father in a way that he wouldn't feel his mom is tricking him whatever the way to become Esau is to wear Esau's coat to wear Esau's clothing because when you wear Esau's clothing you become an Esau and Rabbi said let me tell you something we're going to speak about this over the next couple of times the clothing does make the person I know people have this discussion does the clothing make the person does it not make the person but to a major extent it does I, I'll, I'll tell you something unbelievable I'll tell you something unbelievable. I heard this from a Rebbe in a school in New York a number of years ago, right? It's a school in New York which is made for boys that are not exactly that religious, but they are affiliated and they're, you know, technically religious, but they're not actually that religious. Anyway, he tells me like this. Some amazing thing. He says to me that they, they, they um, have a rule in this yeshiva, maybe you know which one it is, that every Rosh Chodesh you have to wear a white shirt. That's, that's their rule. Right? Again, whatever, it doesn't make a difference what school it is. That's what he told me. It's a rule. You have to wear a white shirt on Rosh Chodesh. But he told me an amazing thing that he found in this school. That every Rosh Chodesh, the boys will much better behave than any other day of the week. Because when they're wearing white shirts, they felt, for them it was like a Shabbos thing, it was like a Yontav thing. They never wear white shirts for a Shabbos on a Yontav. They felt it was like Shabbos and Yontav. Maybe they acted that way. Everybody knows the Gemara and Baba Kama. The Gemara and Baba Kama talks about a Yisoyed, a Tam, a Namud. Right? You talk about an animal that attacks, doesn't attack, when, how. There's such a thing as an animal that attacks only for Shabbos. I mean, all sorts of interesting things. It's so clear. There's a rugged shop on the sugi over there. We're not going into now the whole Indian. But I just want to tell you this Nakuda. It's already brought down in the Gemara. That when an animal thinks it's a certain day, so he's going to act differently. And it's the same thing they found at the school when they were wearing white shirts. They acted differently. It says that when a person wears certain clothing, it actually changes the way he acts. Wearing a yarmulke could do the same thing. There's no question about it. Of course, it can be easily removed. I knew a guy a number of years ago who started to grow pace. And he wasn't the type of guy that, you know, it, it was like interesting. I know the, the home that he came from and it was like interesting. He was an older fellow. He wasn't like a youngster. I said, what are you doing? He said, because a young guy could just take off if I go to the wrong place. I can't take off. I mean, I technically could, right? But it's much, much harder to sort of snap your payers off before you go to somewhere that you shouldn't be going to. So therefore, that's why I'm doing that as an extra schmear, as an extra precaution. But there's no question about it that what a person wears does affect the way he acts. And that's poshut. I'll give you another example. The bracha that we say every morning, Oite Yisrael B'Sifara. Oite Yisrael B'Sifara. 
The Gemara in Brachist of Samachum Rebbeis tells this refers also to Kisei Harosh, to covering your head. It's interesting to note that there are only two Brachas in Birchas Hashachah that say the word Yisrael, right? There's Oize Yisrael, Begvur, whatever, Sifar, and Oite Yisrael. There are two things that say Yisrael. Why? Because the Gemara seems to be telling us that a Yid covers his head. That seems to be what's going on over here. Now, I want to speak a little bit about where this comes from. First of all, like this. The word Yamulka, where does it come from? So if you look at Wikipedia, for example, it's uh, Yamulka comes from Yure Malka. Yure Malka, that's where it comes from. Which basically means fear of the king. It's taken from the Polish word Jamulka, which means a cap. So that's just an idea of where the word Yamulka actually comes from. A keeper means a dome. Right, we know that from the Gemara, for example, in Yuma, and the Gemara Menachas, Mezuzah, Keeper is a dome. And the Gemara seems to tell us, which I want to show you now, that a Yamaka seems to bring a person to Yerushalayim. We have to understand what that means, where and how, we have to go to Be'ez HaShem. The Rambam, when the Rambam talks about it, the Rambam says that the Shechina is above us. Obviously the Shechina is everywhere, it's a refresh Uncle Moshe song. But at the end of the day, says the Rambam, the Shechina is all over, but particularly above, how can you uncover your head? The Sefer Hasidim brought down in the minute commander from the Shulchan Atoya says that a Yamaka actually humbles a person and stops a person, prevents a person from doing an Aveira. The Medrash tells us that a person is lazy with covering it. head. Oh, I can't be bothered. Right? Oh, I my Yamaka. It's downstairs, you know? Never, we never heard such things, but there are people that say such things. Says the Medrash. If a person is lazy with such a thing, the person the Medrash says it brings sickness on a person. And Orachim explains that the head, as we know, is where the brain is, we hope. And therefore, says the Orachim, it's the source of all wisdom. How can you have a bare head and the place that's the source of all wisdom in front of the Shechina, as the Rambam said, that is above us. So there is a lot going on in the Sugar of Yamaka to understand exactly uh, what it is and where it comes from. But again, we have to understand the most important thing is, is it a real thing? Like, do I actually have to do it? Is it something that's very, very important? And we'll see, Be'ez HaShem, that there's a big enough communion between the Goyim and us. As we'll see, why the Goyim, you know, Lahavdul, when they go into a place of worship, what do they do? They take off their yamulka. They take off their cap, or their whatever, they're wearing a, uh, some kind of a baseball cap or something. They'll take it off as a sign of honor. So we have to do faket. We'll, we'll speak, we've got a lot to discuss from both sides. Be'ez HaShem. But I'm going to start with the Gemari Kedushin. Gemari Kedushin... Guys are learning Kedushin. Lamel Aleph, Omen Aleph. The Gemara says, Omer Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Asa la'adam, Shiyahalech Arba Amas, B'koy Meskufa. Person's not allowed to go Arba Amas, Four Amas, With his head upright. Why? Because it's a Pasuk in Yeshaya. Molei Kolahor, it's Kivodai. And therefore a person looking like Rashi explains, he's pushing it away the Shechina. Rav Huna Bereid of Yeshua Loi, Maske Arba Amas Begila Haroish, Omar Shechina Lamala Miroishai. So it's not a Rambam, it's really a Gemara, where the Gemara tells us that they, that Rav Shua, again Rav Shua, Rav Huna Bereid of Yeshua said, you're not allowed to go four Amas without a Yamaka, without a covering of the head, because the Shechina is above. Now we have to understand what that means. You're telling us, in the, I mean, he said that you're not to go four amas. What about everybody else? What about everybody? Does that mean, oh, so if I'm, not, if I'm not walking, I can go without a yarmulke? Gemara seems to say, I can't walk four amas. What about if I'm not walking, I'm sitting in my chair or in my bed? I am now allowed to or I'm not allowed to? That's, you know, that's, that's the question over there. There's another Gemara which I want to men- mention to you. The Gemara in Shabbos, Kufnum, Vavam, and Beis, where the Gemara says, 
Amid Rav Nachman, the mother of Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, Omerle. Berik and Uvu, Loishavke Gili Roshe. She kisse Roshcha, cover your head, ki hecha de la aviola aim so de shmaya, or boy rachami. So the mother of Rav Nachman by Yitzchak told him, to her dear son, cover your head, in order to have Yerushamayim. It's an unbelievable thing. Now we have to understand again, what does this mean? Does that mean that in, you know, only these people covered their head, everyone else didn't? What does it mean to cover your head? Maybe the Aniyamukha maybe means a second covering. You know, there are all sorts of shilas that can come. There's another Gemara as well. Another Gemara in, in Kedushan Lama Gemara Lama. Now we're not going to go through every single Gemara. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. Chav Aleph Obed Beis. Where the Gemara says, V'yorim Yad HaMelech. This is talking about by Yeruvim Ben Nevot. We all know what happened. So, we're talking about he did terrible things. What did he do? What was so bad that Yeruvim Ben Nevot did? The Gemara in Sanhedrin goes through the whole Indian hole. I got it to Gemara over there. And there are many different Pshatim. One shot is he removed his tefillin in front of his Rebbe. He removed his tefillin in front of his Rebbe. Mabaya, so bad? What's going to be? Says Rashi, it's not nice to stand bareheaded in front of the king. It wasn't his Rebbe, it was really the king, Rashi says. And therefore to be bareheaded in front of the king, and that was the start of his bad behavior, and it all went downhill from there. Okay, it's interesting, the Rambam, in Hilchas Talmud Torah, brings down that it's Asa, from this Gemara, by the way, that Gemara, by the way, was talking about a king, Virashi. The Rambam in Hilchas Talmud Torah said, it's Asa to remove your tefillin in front of your Rebbe. Why? Are the Isa removing your tefillin? No. The Isa is, because when you move your tefillin, you have to remove your Yavaka. Not necessarily, but that's what people do. And therefore, if that's the case, you're not allowed to do that in front of your Rebbe, and it's a bazillion for a person to do the Malbim, in Oitzhazachayim, brings down that this Gemara that we just mentioned in, in Sanhedrin, Chof Aleph, amongst the others, is the Makar for wearing a yarmulke. To go bareheaded in front of the Rabbi Nishan, in front of the Shechina, is a bizarre and shall not be done. So we have Makaris and Shas, which we have to understand. Is that a, is that a Midas Chasidus? Meaning, did they, were they told to put on a yarmulke to be better? Or is that what everyone did? That's the Shaila, Right? So there's no question, nowadays we're living in a generation where a yarmulke is a sign of a yid. That's poshut. Right? Everyone knows the famous Misa. And everyone knows this Misa. Like, you know, and people will say, everyone knows this Misa. Everyone's like looking like, yeah, right, no one knows the Misa. This one everyone knows. Okay? Or the guy that was standing by his car. Right? Jewish guy standing by the car. And somebody else goes past and sees a yid there, Nebuch, who hasn't got a problem with his car. So he stops and he goes in like, what? You're not Jewish, yeah, but my mother told me if you put on a yarmulke, then someone's going to stop for you, right? There's no question about it. A yarmulke is a simon of a year, which, by the way, means that it carries with it a tremendous amount of responsibility. Because if a yarmulke is a sign of a yid, an orthodox religious Jew, that means it carries a tremendous amount of responsibility. Because when we walk on the street and we don't act the way a real yid is meant to act, then we've got major problems. And Chil Hashem is one of the worst averas that even Misa is not machapav. What's that? No, chas v'shalom. Because that could be an issa. So you stack on both ways. So just don't go out. And a chanami, don't go out. It could be. Okay, so let me just mention a couple of things and we'll stop now. Today I want to get to the Marmachimus. Is that it's number one. The Gemarian condition that we mentioned, Lamed Aleph. Right, as we said, also to walk with your nose high in the air, a big balgaiva, and we said, Vuhunabred of Yeshua, never walk from Dalad Amas with an uncovered head. Again, what does that mean? Only he did that? Okay, well, this is the Gemara that tells us the Makar of wearing a yarmulke. 
He's the guy that says, no, Hasra I don't walk down the damage that yamaka. What about everyone else? They did? So it's a minus chasidus, meaning yes. it's like extra chashuv not to walk down the damage without a, a yamaka. Doesn't mean you're not allowed. That means he did. That's not right to us. Okay? Gemara in Shabbos. Kufit chasamar alif. Rabbi Yeshua. Again, same person. He says, I'll start translating in English. I get praise. You know why I get praise? Because I never walked Daladamas without a yamaka. Mashma, once again, from the Gemara in Shabbos, as well as the Gemara in Kedushin, that he was extra choshev. And he didn't want to walk Daladamas without a yamaka. Everyone else, they obviously did, right? That, that's what's very confusing when you learn the sugya and you see, hold on a second, that doesn't make any sense. That means nobody, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they wore yarmulkes. I know the kids come home from Cheda and from school and from Gan with pictures of Avram Avinu with the, with the pious and the stramel and the Bekesha. You know, they definitely were very religious in those days. Do they wear a yarmulke? I don't know. The Gemara and Shabbos tells us that, you know, I get praised because I don't walk Daladamas without yarmulkes. So that means everyone else didn't. What's going on? Okay, that, that's the Shaila that I'd like to get to. And that's not what's so difficult in the sugya over here. Tomorrow, Be'ez Hashem, we're going to see the Poiskim Lemaisa. To understand, is it a real thing? Is it a fake thing? Is it something we have to do, that we should do? Join us tomorrow, 9.35. Have a wonderful day.